Hey there, welcome to the podcast. My name is Ian McNaughton, Big E here. Uh, this is the Christmas Day Parlay Podcast, because we know that you're spending a lot of money this time of year with the holidays, with Christmas, buying gifts, buying drinks, buying food, or at least I know I am. So we thought what better way to help you make your money back than by doing the Christmas Day Parlay Podcast. Joining me on today's podcast is SYP creator Fuji to talk the NBA games on Christmas and friend of the pod Hayden Barton coming on to talk about the NFL. Uh, we discussed three games football-wise, including the Thursday night game between San Francisco and Tennessee and the Browns Packers and Colts Cardinals. So a lot of great stuff. I hope you enjoy this. Uh, it's great pod. Thank you to Fuji and Hayden for taking the time to do this. Enjoy. All right, we're pleased to be joined by SYP creator Alex Fuji. What's going on, man? What's, what's happening? Good, man. How about you? I, I'm doing good. Uh, we're doing NBA portion of the Christmas Day parlay because, you know, a lot of us are spending money during the holiday, so we got to find ways to make it up. And what, a be- what better way to make up money than by gambling? Isn't that the safest, safest investment? Just like stocks, man. It's basically gambling and NFTs are essentially the best investment that you can make in today's world. There is no other option. Uh, so Fuji and I are going to go through every game. We'll have a, a few NBA notes uh, at the end of this segment, but pretty much we're just going to be going through game by game. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday, December 22nd. So... Um, but things could change. Schedule could change. It could all be different. Who knows? But uh, yeah, let's let's start with the Hawks and the Knicks. The uh, the Bing Bong game, as some people are calling it. The big can we call it the Big Bong rivalry? Is that what it's called? I don't know if you call it the Bing Bong rivalry. <laughs> A little too much TikTok for me. That's fair. That's fair. Um, okay, so. With this game, I believe the Hawks are favored right now to beat the Knicks. The Hawks still play later today as we record this. But the Hawks are playing the Knicks in New York, and the Hawks are one-point favorites. Um, Out of this game include Clint Capella, Danilo Gallinari, Trey Young for the Hawks, uh, for the Knicks, out is Nerlens Noel, Emmanuel Quickly, Kevin Knox, RJ Barrett, Obi Topping. All of those guys are in COVID protocol. Um, Fuji, who are you leaning towards in this opening game on Christmas Day? Uh, I'm going to go with the Knicks. Bing bong, fuck your life. <laughs> um, you know, they still got Derrick Rose, they got Kimball Walker, they got Julius Randle, I believe. Uh, I think I think this team is better than the Hawks because the Hawks are missing on Trey Young, Clint Capella, Danilo. I mean, I think Hawks are a little too shorthanded for this one. Uh, this is some would say this is also a revenge game for the Knicks after the uh, the, the postseason, uh, you know, loss to Atlanta. 
you know, there's no Trey Young, so I don't know if we'll see any, you know, if this was hockey, there'd be like a fight or somebody would have to, you know, take a guy out like, you know, Trey Young, but that's not happening, unfortunately. Um, yeah, so Hawks plus one favorite. So the Knicks are favored to win by a point. Knicks are money line favorites. Um, I don't know. I mean, the Hawks are missing the best players. The Knicks are missing more players, if that makes sense. Uh, I mean, Julius Randle should still be playing. Evan Fournier is like, okay. I think he'll be starting. Alex Burks is, is something he's, he's a guy. Um, I think I'm probably going to go with the Knicks here too. Cause I, I think I want the Knicks to win and you know, my boy Mitchell Robinson's on the Knicks, you know, again, I always have to say this with Mitchell Robinson. I was uh, told once on a podcast that Mitchell Robinson would be the greatest player uh, if fouls didn't exist. So, you know, uh, I think we're, we're, so we're both with the Knicks minus one. We think the Knicks are going to win this game. Yeah. I think the Knicks are going to win. All right. So Knicks, for those who are keeping track at home, Knicks minus one or uh, Knicks money line is our NBA opening bet. So let's go over to the second game. Now the Bucks and the Celtics in Milwaukee, Milwaukee is favored by seven points. Guys out of the lineup in this one uh, include Bobby Portis. Giannis is not going to be playing. Dante DiVincenzo, Wesley Matthews. Those guys are going to be out from Milwaukee. Uh, For Boston, they're missing Josh Richardson, Jabari Parker, Al Horford, Grant Williams. Um, Fuji, where where are we at in this game? What are we we thinking here with the Celtics and the Bucs? Um, I think realistically, the Celtics should win, but also the Celtics have been so dysfunctional this season that I don't even know if they can pull it off without Giannis even being there. In all honesty, um, I think Drew Holiday's actually done a very good job holding it down while uh, Chris Middleton and Giannis haven't been there. And I feel like if they try and integrate Boogie more and they give Boogie some more minutes, he'll come up big and he'll, uh, you know, I think there's nobody on the Celtics really that could really stop him. I, I like the fact that Boogie, Boogie is just a new PJ Tucker for Milwaukee. Like it, that's what, that's, what's cool. It's basically like the depth, you know, the seventh, uh, yeah. Seventh man who is just there to provide some good minutes, get some rebounds, you know, be, you know, be strong defensively. That's what it feels like with Boogie in Milwaukee. And now he gets to probably start on Christmas Day. Um, it's a it, it's a it's a cool lineup that Milwaukee has, considering, you know, Drew Holiday, fun guy, Grayson Allen, the the most one of the most hated players in, in basketball. Uh people I don't think really like Grayson Allen. And then uh Chris Middleton, uh, who is like hot. And cold at the same time, it seems like. Even after winning an NBA championship, he's, like, either really good or not that good. Um, it's a vicious look, cycle, man. It, it's vicious, dude. I mean, like, this Celtics team, like you say, this Celtics team should win. You know, Mar- Marcus Smart's playing. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Robert Williams. Uh, you know, Sh- Schroeder's in the lineup. Peyton Pritchard is still there. Enos Freedom is there, too. Um, 
what how, how do the Celtics win this game how how do the Celtics beat Milwaukee on Christmas Day in Milwaukee uh, I think they have to play as a team I think one of their biggest issues is that they have almost no ball movement really like as soon as you the ball gets to Jason or Jalen like it's going to be shot by one of them there's and I always feel like when I watch that they're trying to play the same exact role and not really work together. Um, and I, I feel like the rest of the team kind of just stands around waiting for something to happen as well. So they really have to get things rolling early, I think. Um, I also think that they really need to play a lot of help defense in the paint. Uh, I saw a nice post about uh, Enos Freedom's name that uh, it's a double entendre because when he guards you, you have the freedom to do anything you want. He's a bit of a liability defensively. I won't lie. Um, uh, all right. So then Bucks are favored by seven, according to the Action Network. Um, do we like, A, do we like Milwaukee to win? And B, do we like Milwaukee to win by seven? I think it would be funny if Milwaukee won without Giannis or Chris Middleton. I think that would be hilarious. But I think there is a chance that Giannis could return on Christmas Day. So you could kind of have to keep updated on that. I think I would keep the Bucks as the favorite to win it. Okay. But you know, if you wanna if you wanna try and get a couple extra dollars in your pocket, maybe go with the Celtics. Uh, That's what gambling's about. It's about taking chances and losing everything. So yeah, exactly. So, are, so we're gonna say, uh, we'll say, we'll say, if you want to do the safe play, you do Milwaukee money line. Uh, but we're gonna be bold here on this podcast. We're bold on Speak Your Peace podcast. We're gonna be bold, and we're gonna say uh, Celtics money line, and then Celtics plus seven. If you're if you're gonna go with the money line, we think uh, Celtics. If you want to just go bet the spread, Celtics, keep it close. Milwaukee wins by less than seven points. I like that. I like that. Uh, we're we're, we're going to be Celtic stands on Christmas. So there you go. Um, Golden State in Phoenix, probably the best game on Christmas Day. It's, it's the two best teams, arguably in the NBA. I mean, I think you can make an argument for Brooklyn, but mm-hmm. – you, you, you know, you have the two best teams in the Western Conference for sure uh, going head-to-head in Phoenix. Guys who are going to be missing this game include – I got to get down there. Uh, guys missing this game include Andrew Wiggins, Jordan Poole for the Warriors, and then for the Suns, missing this game is – do they have anybody in COVID protocol? I don't know if they do. I don't think the Suns have anybody in COVID protocol. No. Ab- Abdel Nader, is he in COVID protocol? Frank Kamitsky, both of those guys. Those guys are the only guys with the O next to their name. Otherwise, this is a healthy roster for the Phoenix Suns. Suns, again, according to the Action Network, favored by four points. Fuji, who are you liking in this Christmas Day battle? Um, I'm definitely going with Phoenix on this one. Uh, I think it's a bad matchup for Golden State. In my opinion, I think they kind of have the same 
abilities that Golden State does, where they spread the floor really well and they're super well, super great on defense. I just think that they're better in the paint area. They have DeAndre Aiden and JaVale McGee backing up. And I don't really think the Warriors can match that with uh, the players that they have uh, just in the paint area. Um, I also think that no Jordan Poole, Steph Curry is going to have to take on more of a load. And I think it's going to be tough with how Wiggins as well, helping spread the floor and playing defense. So I think that Phoenix is getting an easy one here. See, I think, yeah, the, the, my favorite matchup of this game is going to be Draymond against Aiton. I feel like that too, if you're Golden State, that's who you're putting on Aiton is your best defender, which is mm-hmm. Draymond Green. Um, Chris Paul versus Steph is obviously going to be a really fun matchup. The thing that worries me anytime, like you're, you're picking or you're betting on golden betting against golden state. I should say, what if Steph goes off? Like there's a chance. Mm -hmm. I feel like Steph can go off for 50 points in this game and just carry the warriors. And then you look like an idiot because like, why the fuck did I bet against Steph Curry? I should know better. I, I I'm, I'm smarter than this. Um, you know, Phoenix, I think, has the more complete roster with Wiggins and Poole out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're still waiting, of course, for Clay Thompson to come back. He's supposed to come back in a new year. Um, I mean, this is the marquee game of the day. So I, I want to go with Phoenix. I, I like the Suns. I'm kind of leaning towards just having, you know, a golden, a safe like Golden State plus four. Like I think it'll be that close of a game, and if the Warriors win, great. Just because I feel like that Steph threat is too much to ignore. Like he's so good, and he has the ability to take over in a in a big spot like this. I'm kind of leaning towards Golden State. I think it's tough. I think it's going to be tough for Steph. You know, like CP3. Like he's older, but he's still a smart defender. And you got like Mikhail Bridges, you got Landry Shamanek, great perimeter defenders. I think it's gonna be tough, but you know, Steph still could do it. So, all right. So you, so you have, so you have the Suns winning. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna. I, I have Golden State winning. So we're we're differing a little bit here on our um, bets, but yeah, I'm gonna go Golden State money line. You got Phoenix money line. Um, and if you want to be safe. You can you can play it safe by going uh you know Golden State spread of plus four, but I like the I like the Golden State money line here. I like I like I like Steph to just go off and get this get the Warriors a victory here. Um, so that that's gonna be the marquee game. Next big game here, Nets Lakers. This is kind of what the NBA wanted to have as the big marquee game, but it's kind of just turned into the Suns Warriors because the Suns Warriors are better teams arguably uh guys mm-hmm. in protocol for the lakers include ken Bazemore, avery bradley austin reeves uh and then for the nets they have oh kevin durant kyrie irving that's a funny story about Kyrie kyrie irving uh lamarcus aldridge bruce brown james harden paul Millsap, james johnson bunch of guys in COVID protocol for the Nets, uh, I think they are worried on if this game is actually going to get played or not, considering the uh, players who are out for the Nets. Um, Fuji, what are you looking forward to the most watching this game with the Lakers and Nets? 
Well, I believe that now that they can sign 10-day contracts for any missing players they have, I think that it will get played anyways. But, I mean, I'm really looking forward to THT, obviously, because the Lakers kept him over Caruso, kept him over Lowry, so he's got to be better, right? That that makes sense. I mean... We were out last night and we were talking about THT just being the next coos Um, because you know, guy can be hot and he can look really good one game and then he can play like he did Tuesday night against the Suns. Uh, mm-hmm. not great. Um, right now the odds have the Lakers as minus one. So the Lakers are favored to win this game mm-hmm. over Brooklyn, but it's pretty close. Um is, is this the, I mean, I think he's had a pretty decent season altogether, but is this the Cam Thomas breakout game? I'd like to see that. Like, I feel like he's probably, he's better than people have kind of putting him because I've seen him go back and forth between the G League and the Nets. Um, I mean, no KD, no Harden, no Kyrie. I think he's, him and Patty Mills are expected to be the big scorers tonight. Um you know, we'll see what else gets pulled up on 10 days because I think I think sometimes, like, even though guys come from the G League or wherever, um, we, they don't really prepare for these for guys that come in on 10-day contracts. So you could see somebody, like, you'd never expect it to just pull up and, you know, give you 30, you know. Um, I think the Lakers are very easily favorites. I think no AD. Uh, I think Westbrook's going to have a really good game. Uh, hopefully THT can bounce back. We'll see how well he does because there's no AD. So he'll have more scoring, uh, more options to score. The fret, the floor is going to be more spread out. He's going to have a, I hope he has a good game. I, I'm kind of interested to see how, yeah, Westbrook, you know, it's, it's a, another big game it's a it's kind of a it's a prime time game like it's a standalone game uh, a lot of people are going to be watching him I, i'm excited to see how he performs in that spotlight um you know lebron i think will be lebron lebron usually does well on christmas games like i'm not i'm not usually one who like you know isn't interested in these kind of games because this is again like i mentioned with curry where the stars come out to play all the lights are on them they want all the attention um Dwight Howard starting is a little concerning because I like I like Howard as like the guy in the postseason who comes in and gives you 10 to 12 minutes and it's just a you know a bruiser for you know a, a short period of time. I don't like him starting on an NBA roster in 2022, almost 2022, especially this roster, which has got championship expectations. Um who, who are you leaning toward? Like, this is the Lakers game to lose, right? Like, they have mm-hmm. the three, four best players in this game. Yeah. So, I mean, they, yeah. they should win this. Yeah, they definitely should win this. I mean, I'm not really concerned about Dwight starting because I saw a lot of games where DeAndre Jordan was starting. I don't even yes, think okay. DeAndre or Jordan should be coming off the bench for any team, really. Um, you know, I think Dwight is an upgrade over DeAndre in the starting lineup. I just think the Frank Vogel 
is obsessed with this idea of the 2019 Lakers where he has the starting lineup of Avery Bradley, KCP, LeBron, AD, and JaVale. And you just have all your best defensive players out and you go and you get everybody shook and then you sub in shooters and then LeBron goes off, which, you know, it kind of worked out. It obviously did work out. They won the championship, but, you know, I don't think they have those same players and I don't think they played defense as well as they did at that point. And I don't think AD plays as well as he did at that point. Well, the other thing to talk about too, is the fact like even during that championship run, when Rondo was making threes, it's kind of like, okay, like this is a little, like you're not going to get Rondo making threes all the time. Like that's that, that, you know, that's kind of house money you're playing with. Now you're kind of still meshing together all these new guys. Like you have Carmelo in there and you have Trevor Ariza, who I think is kind of washed. And you have DeAndre Jordan, who is pretty well washed and it's still trying to, you know, make it all work. Maybe this is the game where it kind of catapults them into some more success. Like if they can beat Brooklyn, if they can beat them by 20, a shorthanded Nets roster that gets them on a bit of a run here, but who knows? Uh, you're, you liking the Lakers to win this game? Lakers money yeah. line. I'm liking the Lakers to win this game. Uh, you know, it's nearly halfway through the season. So, you know, based on the Russell Westbrook schedule, you know, you go from pain to this is the best player on planet earth. And then, more pain so we're, we're getting to that point where we're just rocking the baby all right I, I like that um let's talk about the final game on christmas day the dallas mavericks and the utah jazz now we are recording this as luka Doncic is being entered into pro- protocol him trey burke tim hardaway jr maxi kleber uh reggie bullock who i didn't even realize was still in the league uh, they're all in COVID protocol for the Mavericks. And then for Utah, I don't think they have anybody in protocol. I think they just have, yeah, they're all, they're all fine in Utah, uh, which is kind of funny, kind of ironic considering, you know, everything went to shit after Rudy Gobert touched a microphone. Like literally it's the domino meme of like Rudy Gobert touching a microphone to now um, Kevin Durant can't play in a Christmas day game with the Nets. So with that being said, um, Fuji, is this Utah's game to lose with no Luca for the Mavs? It's definitely their game to lose. Um, you know, they just have everybody, and they're one of the deepest teams in the league as well. Like, even when you look, even though like people aren't super impressed by like their starting lineup, like Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Boyan, um, you know, like Rudy Gobert. I don't even know who plays the four now that I think about it. But uh, I could tell you right now, it's Royce O'Neal. Royce O'Neal. Like, but like their bench is like almost just as impressive. Like you have the Jordan Clarkson, you got Joe Ingles, you got Rudy Gay. Um, you have Hassan Whiteside as well. They're just really quite stacked. Um, and, you know, they have everybody. So I think it's very, very easy win on that day. Um, even though like I've seen with Luca out, Porzingis actually been playing quite well. 
And he's been playing much better than he did last year. Like everyone last year was saying that he should be playing in China and then he's got no trade value. But, you know, he's doing a lot better this year, even alongside Luca. And Luca's been struggling this year. But, you know, he doesn't really have any supporting cast. Like there's no Hardaway, no Jalen Brunson, no Cleaver, no Bullock. So, you know, I, this is definitely Utah's game to lose. I think it's going to be a wash. So according to ESPN, uh, the Dallas Dallas depth chart uh, has uh, Luca out, Reggie Bullock out, Kristaps uh, uh, day to day, Willie Cauley Stein out, and the only starter looks like officially ready to go is Dorian Finney-Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so expect a lot of DFS, uh, a lot of uh, Dwight Powell. And mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Jalen Brunson, who I was high on coming out of the job, I thought, ah, this guy could be something, and he hasn't really been that, unfortunately, at the next level. Yeah, well, you know, I think Jalen Brunson's out as well, so I think Alfred Payton is probably moving to that starting lineup. Mm-hmm. So we, I hope, I'm hoping we see the uh, Alfred Payton and Christoph Brzingis there. We could have a nice little uh, tanking New York's Nick action. Speaking of which, Frank Neal Kina. Yeah, I think this is going to be – this is definitely going to be a great game This is if you're a jazz fan. Well, I was going to say, this is the game, like, once you've stuffed yourself with food and drinks and, you know, you're just, like, in a food coma on your couch, which is how I like to spend my Christmas night. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one of the games that you flip over to. It's just like, oh, God, sports. And then you're just – you know, you're, you're jumping to conclusions like, wow, Dallas sucks without, you know – totally remembering who's all playing or who isn't playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jazz are favored by five and a half points. Um, I, I think that's a safe pick. We we both like Utah to win this game. I don't. Dallas is not winning this game. I would favor them even higher, honestly. So like, They've been on a roll, so you could definitely put that uh, quite a bit higher. All right, so basically take the Jazz at five and a half. Uh, if you can, that's according to the Action Network, yep. or just take the Utah money line. Um, all right, so there we go. So just to confirm here, uh, we both like the Knicks in the first game here. You can take the Knicks spread. It's minus one, but just take the money line. That's that's probably a safer bet. Uh, Celtics, we're, we're going to roll with the underdog Celtics against Milwaukee, uh, plus seven. Or if you want to go big, go with the Celtics money line. Uh, we differ a little bit in the Golden State Phoenix. I'm going to take the Warriors to win. Fuji likes the Suns to win. Do with that what you will. This is why I have him on. He's the NBA insider. I'm just some guy hosting a podcast. Uh, we both like the Lakers to beat Brooklyn, and we both like Utah to beat Dallas. So there you go. There's the NBA Christmas Day parlay part of your podcast. Uh, do you have any other NBA notes? You want, you want to talk a little bit NBA here uh, while we got a few minutes? Um, what do you think the odds are of DeRozan winning MVP? I can tell you what they are right now. I, I don't think I, I'm sure it's like a dark horse pick, but yeah, it's, uh, probably it's actually probably not a bad, uh, dark horse pick to make either. Just get, give me a second here and I'll pull this up, uh, awards. So MVP, that's who you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, DeMar DeRozan has plus 6,500 odds. So if you put 10 bucks on DeRozan to win MVP, 
Uh, the payout is six hundred and sixty dollars. But he does have the same. He has the same odds as Zach Levine. Do with that what you will. So basically, your MVP odds right now uh, include uh, Steph is the favorite, uh, Kevin Durant is second favorite, and then Giannis, Jokic, and then Embiid is way back. So pretty much it's Steph is the odds-on favorite, Durant kind of close at second, Giannis is plus 800, Jokic is plus 1100, and then, yeah, Embiid 3500. Yeah, it's pretty much Curry or Durant is your MVP favorite right now. Um, would you put money on DeRozan to just have a strong second half and beat those guys? I think the problem with the Bulls is that the, the roster is a bit, not watered down, but like between Levine, between like Vucevic is doing well too this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lonzo's having a good year. Like, I don't know if you could give the MVP to DeRozan with all the guys on the Bulls, but what are your thoughts on, on DeRozan and his MVP chances? I think he has good chances because I think a lot of games, like there were the games at the start where it was like everybody's doing well, and then there were games where everybody else starts to struggle, but DeRozan, in my opinion, hasn't really even struggled in a game this year. I feel like you know, he's, it's just, he just plays so well with the roster because everybody's a shooting threat. Um, and his defense has improved as well. Not that, like, DeRozan's a three-point shooter now, but he's played the same game. You know, he, he always – I think the thing about DeRozan not, like, expanding his game is that he gets to refine it even more, just make it even better. Um, he's, but he has become more of a playmaker now, partially, partially thanks to playing on the Spurs with Pop. But, you know, he can really excel with all the shooters now. And I think he's probably, I think maybe between him and Kevin Durant is close, but he's probably the, probably the scariest player in the mid-range in the NBA right now. Yeah, and I mean, looking at, like, the team success, the Bulls are second in the Eastern Conference. They're a game and a half, a game and a half back of the net. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think people thought that Chicago would be good. Like, I think people thought they'd be a playoff team this year. I don't think they'd people thought they'd be this good. Um, and, and a lot of that is credit to DeRozan for having a really strong year and just, he, you know, he's got the chip on his shoulder. Like he'll always have the chip on his shoulder until he wins a championship. Right. And I think there's a lot of guys on Chicago who have that chip and it, it's playing into their hands so far. Mm-hmm. I also want to bring up uh, Jokic. Because Jokic is having a better year than he did last year. And he isn't really, when you look at the MVP ladders, they're going with Steph and KD, and then everybody else is trying to catch up. Um, but Jokic could be even better than he was last year, and he won the MVP last year. So what do you think of that? I think the problem with that the team isn't having a successful, well, I shouldn't, they're 15 and 14, like they're a little over 500. Part of it when with these MVP races is like, how good is the team? Like, that's why Durant and Curry are going to get so much love this year is because the team's so good. And that's probably why DeRozan should get more love because the Bulls are second in the Eastern Conference and no one expected it. I mean, I guess you can make the argument that the East is not very good this year, but I don't think that's true. Like, I still think there's a lot of good teams in that conference. Um, but yeah, it's just, I, I think 
part of it and part of it too is that there wasn't really anybody to give the MVP to last year. Like there was no mm-hmm. great option. Like there was no Steph. Durant missed a lot of the year. Um Giannis missed a fair bit, if correct me if I'm wrong. Um, like there wasn't really a great option last year to give the MVP to. So that's kind of why Jokic won it. And now there's just got I don't know if Curry or Durant are better guys, but they're more valuable, if you know what I mean. Like, more valuable to their team, mm-hmm. I think, in a way. And the team having more success, if that makes more sense. Yeah. Um, that's kind of my thoughts on that. Plus, mm-hmm. one more thing I want to get you your opinion on. Uh, rookie of the year voting, okay? So, with that... The odds-on favorite right now is Evan Mobley. Mm-hmm. Cade Cunningham is right behind him. And then Scotty Barnes is just a little bit back of those guys. Uh, who, who's your rookie of the year so far this year and why? Uh, so far this year, I got Evan Mobley. Yeah. Um, I think he's been more of a complete player. He's contributed a lot more to team success, which normally isn't like factored in rookie of the year races because – most teams that draft a lottery pick are tanking teams. The Cavs had the expectation they were tanking, and Evan Mobley got inserted in the starting lineup right away. And they've been running with it. Like they did improve their roster a bit. Um, and they don't even have Colin Sexton, who people thought was going to be their best player. Mm. But they're still, you know, they're still top five in the East. I believe they're sitting at four right now. Um, I just think like Evan Mobley's had such a good defensive impact. Like I really like his game because it's like Kevin Durant. Um, he can handle the ball. You can see the floor. He's a great shooter. I feel like he's more complete. It's like I think um, people compare him to Scotty Barnes a lot, but because they're kind of playing the same role. Scotty Barnes has been like a decent playmaker as well. He's good defensively, but I don't think he has the playmaking or the passing ability that Mobley does and you could argue that they have similar defensive capabilities but I think Mobley has just been more effective more efficient more useful yeah. um Josh Giddy plus 2500 odds mm-hmm. to win rookie of the year and Fran- Franz Wagner Wagner has plus 3500 odds to win rookie of the year so if you're looking for some dark horse rookie of the year bets there you go. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've been liking Cade, though, like recently. He was struggling a lot at the start. I think it's because of how physical the game is. Because when I watched him in college, because, you know, you always want to watch the number one pick in college. But I think a lot of the times he's just so much stronger and bigger than, like, other guards that he would just bully them. And I think, obviously, going to the next level, I think he struggled with that and to adjust. And, you know, he was shooting, you know, the NBA line, three-point lines further. And, you know, people are going to contest him a lot more heavily. So, I think he was struggling with shooting. Uh, over his last five games, I believe, he's averaging uh, 26 points per game. I think, you know, he's really stepping up now. And he could definitely go at Evan Mobley for this rookie of the year award. And, and, so a, yeah. and doing that on a really shitty Pistons team. Like, on a bad Pistons team, he's putting up 26 points over his last five games. So, uh, 
Fuji, thank you very much for doing this. This has been our NBA Christmas Day portion of the Christmas Day Parlay podcast. Uh, Stick around. We'll be back and we'll do the football portion right after the break. All right, we're back. Uh, welcome onto the podcast. Friend of the pod, know-it-all football guy, Hayden Barton. Uh, Hayden, uh, what's going on, man? What, what's new in your world? Oh, man, nothing too much. Just working, doing all that shit, getting ready for Christmas. I'm excited. What, what is your, so what's your Christmas day look like? So it, like you just get ro- opening gifts in the morning and then just drinking and eating all day? Going to my mom's for Christmas Eve, to spend Ooh. Christmas Eve with her, and then uh, my girlfriend's coming over here, and then in the morning we're going to my dad's, and then spending the whole day there. Nice. And then yeah, drinking. So I probably won't be driving home. <laughs> like my, I was gonna say, you know, not that any of my family, actually, my dad might listen to this, but you know, you open gifts in the morning, like you have a, like for myself, you have a nice family breakfast in the morning. And then by like two, two thirty, three o'clock, you just shit face with like mimosas and beers and like oh yeah, beers. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so that's that's uh, that's if I don't answer your text on Saturday for anybody listening, that's probably why. Um, we're continuing our Christmas Day parlay podcast. We're discussing the NFL. Uh, we got two games on Christmas. And do you want to talk about the Thursday night game too? If you want to include that. Oh yeah, that? sure. All right. All right, let's talk about that. That's actually probably maybe game of the week. I, I would say almost game of the week. Definitely has the two, like, I guess they're the top two uh, in their divisions. I That's think they're fair. both second place in their division. Actually, no, Tampa Bay is second, I think. Yeah, so whatever. They're still leading a, uh, a division, so. There's, there's, there are two solid teams on Thursday night. Let, let's leave it at that. Two solid teams. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. So let's, let's, let's start with the Thursday night game. The San Francisco 49ers travel to Nashville to take on the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Tennessee, not favored. San Francisco, one of the hottest teams in the league right now, are minus three favorites. Um, do you know, fun fact, by the way, uh, the Tennessee Titans ha- have not beat a team with a winning record since November 7th. <laughs> oh, God. That's, uh, that is so hard to believe. And but it's so true. And they are, I mean, I am, I'm not including, like, the Saints have a 7-7 seven and seven record. Like, they, they don't, tech, it's not, it's 500, but still. Yeah, like I wouldn't say winning. winning. Yeah. Yeah. So, Titans are third in the AFC. San Francisco, as we record this, is six. Six, yeah, they're six. Um, what are you looking forward to the most in this Thursday night contest? Oh man, uh, AJ Brown is trending towards playing. Julio was a full participant, so it's almost like you could see them back to being a dynamic uh, passing offense and. That's exciting for Tennessee. Uh, and then San Francisco. Holy shit, they are a hot team right now. Like, And I said this on Jeb's podcast at the start of the season. They're going to be good with Garoppolo. And everyone who was on like, oh, Trey Lance should start. Trey Lance. No. No, Garoppolo was going to be their key to success because he doesn't have to do anything special. 
And now look at them. So I'm going to throw some stats at you. Okay. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has 244 yards average passing per game, which is more right. than Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson, Ryan Tannehill, and Carson Wentz. I mean, a couple of those people I'm not surprised with, yes. but hearing hearing Russell Wilson's name, that uh, that's that that stings, man. That that pained me to write earlier today. I'm not gonna lie. Um, so yeah, San Francisco. They won six of their last eight. They're six and zero this season when they score thirty plus points. Which I mean, it's not really surprise. Like if you give yourself thirty points in today's NFL, you have a pretty good chance of winning. Like it's kind of an obvious statement, but they haven't really got in a shootout this year. And I don't know if Tennessee is that team that's going to get in a shootout with them. Um, Potentially. They're both great run defenses. I know uh, the Tennessee Titans are first among all teams uh, against fantasy running backs. Hmm. And I know San Francisco is just a, they're a fucking hard team to run against too. And, and, I don't want to say Tennessee has already peaked, but it kind of feels like they have actually. Like they, they, they kind of feel like they had like like it feels like they're not their Super Bowl, but it feels like the highlight of their season was beating Buffalo on Monday night when Josh Allen just slipped on a bad part of the turf. It was beating Kansas City, Buffalo, yeah. and the Rams all in synchronization. Yeah. Like three consecutive weeks. That was like that was like their championship run right there. So I don't, and I don't know, like if Derrick Henry comes, if he comes back, if that changes anything, if they can get him back in time. I think they said he's going to be ready to go for week 18 or yeah. like the first week of playoffs, which is absolutely insane considering he had a broken foot like what, two months ago? Yeah, about that. Yeah, that's, that's just crazy. <laughs> he, he, he's literally going to be um, like, flew jordan essentially if yeah he has any opportunity to get to the super bowl here a hundred percent so um san francisco minus three that's the spread uh who are you taking in this game and why san francisco because they have a healthy team (laughs) yeah that's a fair and i know elijah mitchell is going to be out but they're on a hot streak right now and tennessee's on a low streak and but now that I'm saying this, it kind of makes me think, oh, Tennessee, it's this has to be a get-right game for them because if they don't win, you know, Indianapolis is creeping up super, super slowly. And it's weird to say that Baltimore is, what, 8-6 and six right now and they're not in the playoffs. So Yeah, if the playoffs started today, the Ravens would be on the outside looking in for the postseason. Which is, which is fucking unbelievable at 8-6. Yeah. and six. Like, and then you look at the NFC and it's like, oh yeah, eight and six is uh, the number six seed. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like in the old playoffs, San Francisco would just be in right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. So I'm going to take San Francisco. Uh, yeah, negative, minus three, probably put money on the San Francisco money line. Um, oh yeah. I, San Francisco, I don't like San Francisco and Indianapolis kind of actually like remind me of similar teams is that like they're peaking at the right time. Like they're getting hot at yep. the right time. They obviously have really good run games. They're 
asking their quarterback to do enough, not a lot, but enough to get by and help them win games. Their defenses are both impressive. Yeah, um, pretty good. So it's funny. It's, it's actually kind of funny that you mentioned the Colts because, like, I see a lot of similarities here. But San Francisco on Thursday night, that that feels like a, a, a good chance for the Niners to survive in advance. Just move on and do your thing and keep the, keep the train going. Yeah, no, definitely. And if we're lucky, uh, Tennessee somehow wins. And then uh, it kind of makes it easier for the playoffs. <laughs> I think because, well, here's the thing. Both you and I should be rooting for Tennessee to win this game because the Saints obviously have playoff implications, and I don't like San Francisco. So exactly. We're both – I guess we we really did this the wrong way of thinking that San Francisco is going to win, but we really should be rooting for Tennessee to win. So How about we put money – on san francisco and if they win then we win money and if they lose then it's a win-win that's kind of like betting the seahawks right it's just like, oh yeah or, or betting against the seahawks right like if they don't if you you know if they the seahawks lose like great you get money but if they win hey seattle wins that's kind of my yeah. approach with that yeah there you go um let's go to the first game on saturday on christmas day uh the cleveland browns head to green bay to play the packers Packers are seven and a half point favorites against the Browns. I'm going to make this claim right now. I'm going to say this right here. Now the Packers are going to make the NFC championship this year. And they're going to lose. I'm not saying that yet. I'm not (laughs) saying that yet, but I am saying that they are going to make the NFC championship. Like I think this team is too good. Aaron Rodgers is good enough that they're going to make the NFC championship. You know what pisses me off about the green Bay Packers is Aaron Rodgers and his vaccine status? No, not even that. It's just, it's getting old when I see Devontae Adams shifting across the line on like a, like here, Devontae, move across this way. And then it's like they need three yards to get a first down and Devontae's running. You don't think he's getting a head start to do an out route? <laughs> or, or like when you match up with him one-on-one, uh, the Ravens corner, I forget who he was. And he, he, you clearly see he has inside help, and the corner still lines inside on him. Devontae Adams is just going to, like, turn to the other side, and you're, you're done. Like, everything about Green Bay is so one-dimensional when they get, when they get cute. Like, they're, if it's not A.J. Dillon in the backfield on a third and short, where's Devontae Adams? Yeah, look for Devontae Adams, and that's where they're going. And no team can find a way to stop it. And I don't get it. I don't get it because I'll call it out. Like if Aaron Jones is in the backfield, nine times out of ten, they go to uh, Devontae Adams. Can I just say this? Kind of, it kind of reminds me of like the Steelers a few years ago, where like the Steelers' offense is actually like if you go back and you watch some of like the Steelers, like oh, they were good. They were good, but like you could kind of like you knew like okay, if, you know, if A.J. Brown is going across the formation and nobody goes... You mean goes Antonio with, Brown? Or Antonio Brown. If Antonio Brown is going across the formation and nobody goes with him, it's probably zone coverage. And Big yeah. Ben knows that and he knows where to throw the fucking football to. Yeah, like, exactly. It, like, it's not... Like, if anybody who has, like, a little bit of football knowledge or has been watching football enough, they can figure this out. And exactly. The fact, and the fact that nobody, not saying nobody, like the Packers are not undefeated. Like there are teams who can beat the Packers. But oh, they're very susceptible. Very susceptible. But the fact that they have 11 wins this year is still mind boggling considering 
Like yep. if you if you focus if you follow the fundamentals, it yeah. shouldn't be that hard to play them. No, and two games. Let's not forget they almost lost to Cincinnati yeah. in overtime. Should have if McPherson could make a fucking kick, and Baltimore. You know, like John Harbaugh. As much as I love this guy, he he plays the analytical game too much sometimes. And I know the players. I saw like this mic'd up moment where everyone was like, "Yeah, let's go for two. Let's go for two. But they had them. They had the momentum. Yeah, take them to overtime. Tyler Huntley was playing amazing. And I think that's the first time in like a month and a half the Ravens have scored over 20 points. And it's like they went for two. And and why put Mark Andrews one-on-one on a corner and have him do a comeback route? Like he's not elusive. He's a big guy that'll post up, throw like a, a back shoulder fade or get him inside. Don't make him do all this shifty shit. I don't know. Body, body him up with that corner, not make him exactly do, do receiver shit. Yeah. Oh man. Like some mistakes by certain teams, they could easily beat green Bay. And I mean, I know new Orleans has done it. So, Oh, <laughs> well, even, well, no, even like, like when Seattle played green Bay, right? Like their de- Seattle's defense wasn't even that awful against green. No. Bay. Like, like it, no, was, it was only a low scoring game. And part of it was just because, you know, Seattle doesn't know how offense works in 2021. That's the only reason why it wasn't even closer than what it was. But And, I mean, Wilson's finger, too, it was fucked up. Like, they rushed him back when they shouldn't have. Yeah, no. So let's go to the other team in this matchup. Let's talk about the Cleveland Browns. My notes on the Browns are pretty short because I I think it's not that hard to figure out with Cleveland is that they're starting to realize how difficult it is to sustain sustain success. Like mm-hmm. it, there's there's something to be said for being successful. Like it's not I don't think it's it's not easy being successful. It's even harder to sustain that success over many years and being a, a winning team over multiple years. Now Cleveland doesn't know hardly knows being a winning team. <laughs> Never mind being a winning team over multiple years. Yeah, um, sustaining every any winning seasons. Any winning season. I, I listen. I like Kevin Stefanski. I think I love he, him too. He, here's what I like about Cleveland: that they know who they are and they know what they're doing. Like you watch <laughs> on Monday when they're playing the Raiders, it's like okay, even with Baker out, you know that the Browns are going to run the football. They have a really good offensive line. Um, the defense is not easy to play against. And no. We're just going to make you, we're going to make your life difficult. You, you are going to have, like, it's going to be a low scoring, hard to play against type game when you get into the, when you get into it with the Browns. Um, I, I don't know if Baker's going to be back this weekend because he's obviously in home. I think he is vaccinated and I think he might be back. Uh, I think I saw something that says he could be back tomorrow. Okay. If he tests negative. So with so Baker, if he's back, I think it adds a little bit more. Like at least with Baker being back, I trust him on throws of fifteen plus yards more than I do Nick Mullins. Um, but I don't know. Oh if, yeah, I don't know if it really makes the game. Like I don't know if Baker adds a lot more than Nick Mullins does. Um, I think my question in this game, like, can can the Browns do their thing of running the ball? and keep Rodgers and, and Green Bay's offense off the field. I think that's my biggest I, question in this game. I think the Browns have a great shot at winning this game. My one question is, 
is Kareem Hunt going to be able to play? Yeah, I, I don't know if he was on the IR. Uh, he was on COVID. COVID he was on COVID. Okay, and I know I. Oh man, I really should like check to see if he is vaccinated, but I think he's vaccinated as well. But if Kareem Hunt is back and Nick Chubb is there, and never mind Baker Mayfield, but even if Case Keenum is back, Case Keenum, you know, for as much grief as he's caused me, <laughs> Minneapolis miracle, he he is a game manager quarterback that takes a couple risks or shots downfield. And I like I like Cleveland in this matchup because I think they match up well with Green Bay. And if they can sustain, you know, like at least three, six plus minute drives that'll wear down this defense, Rodgers can never get warm. Adams can never get warm. And the Browns can just run out the clock. Like, yeah, it's all there for them. It's just how is Stefanski going to call this game? Actually, he's on COVID IR. So his status for being up in the uh, or being in the game is in question too. But oh man, like, but, that, but that's the thing with the with the Browns. Like at least with the Browns, like they have an identity. Like again, if you've been watching football enough, like you know what the Browns are and you know what they like to do, and they're gonna try and do that this weekend against Green Bay. Yeah, it's just a matter of can they do it and can they be successful at it. I think they can. I think they can. I man, I wouldn't bet on this though. What is what is the uh, what is the uh, against the spread here? Like so the pra- so the Packers are seven and a half point favorites over Cleveland. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would take Cleveland plus seven. And a half. <laughs> I would take Cleveland plus seven and a half as well. Um, yeah. I I and I wonder. I don't know about this. Like I wonder if Cleveland is really going to have like the desperation. Um motivator for them like if they're desperate enough to try and win this game that'll I be mean, really interesting to me they are first in the afc north correct no they're last because if they won on monday they would be first but because right. they lost they're now cincinnati last. is in first so they so they so pretty much uh there's one game so there's one game separating as we record this uh one game separating one two three four five six seven eight nine ten teams one oh game separating God. 10 teams in the AFC. Wow. And that's between Cincinnati, who's in fourth and leading the AFC North, and Denver, who is in 13th in the AFC and is currently last in the AFC West. Yeah, Cleveland needs to win this game. If they realize like the implications this has, they need to get up for this game. I know Green Bay is a... a, a Pretty serviceable defense, but Nick Chubb is going to have to fucking just run his heart out, man. So we're both going Browns plus seven and a half. If you're going to do a money line pick, I would probably put money on the Packers. Green Bay. Um, I I would play it safe in this one, but that's still an interesting game. Like that's probably going to be a low scoring affair. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Um, It's just a matter of, you know, can the Browns do their thing and probably which defense uh, comes out on top. Uh, let's go to the final game on Saturday. The Indianapolis Colts, the hot Indianapolis Colts, uh, going to Glendale, Arizona to face the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals are currently favored right now, uh, according to FanDuel. These are all sponsored by FanDuel. Uh, Cardinals are favored by minus one. One point the Cardinals are favored by right now. 
Um, both teams are coming off dramatic games last weekend. Uh, Indianapolis with the big primetime win last Saturday at home against the Patriots. And then Arizona with their weird, not even just loss, just thumping by the Lions in Detroit last Sunday. Kind of weird. Good spot for Arizona. So I'm going to say on paper, this kind of feels like Indy's game to lose to me. Yes. Yes. Because, because they had the big win last week. They're get they're hot now. Like we just talked about in the San Francisco game. They're hot. They're on a roll. Um, they're feeling good about themselves. And now they get an opportunity to beat one of the best teams in the NFC in their building. Mm-hmm. What are your feelings about this game? Just Jonathan Taylor, uh, fantasy football managers. Um I think it'll be a very average game, more or less, because I think it's going to be a slow game. I could literally see this game ending 20 to 17. You know, and Carson Wentz, probably about 200 yards, a pick, because he's always good for a turnover. Yep. Probably one touchdown to Michael Pittman. And Arizona, uh, it has to be all Kyler Murray. You know, like, he has scored one touchdown in the last two games last two games one of them had detroit in it now that's kind of (laughs) sad and aj green needs to step up rondale moore needs to step up i think james connor uh is gonna have a big game i think I, i don't know why but like why does arizona try and feed chase edmonds like i know he's the speedster guy but james connor Give the guy the ball, man. He's hot right yeah. now. Or at least he was. Now he had he's a really not. good Monday night game against the Rams. Yeah, he had a great He's had a great year. And he just made the Pro Bowl Yeah, for the Cardinals. And that was shocking. I can't believe he made the Pro Bowl for the NFC for running backs. So part of the reason why I feel like this is a – I'm going to say a, like Indy's game to lose slash must win for Arizona – is because Arizona's on a bit of a cold streak here. like And the Rams can take over first place. Rams can take over first place. Hell, if, you know, if things go really well for fucking San Francisco, they might go on a roll and get first place here too. If, you know. That, that would be shocking. That would be shocking, <laughs> but it's just something to keep in mind, I, I want to say. But the Cardinals, mm-hmm. so looking at their last games here, I'm just pulling it up. Great, great listening here. Uh, lost to <laughs> Detroit. Uh, lost to the Rams at home on Monday night. Uh, that weird game against the Bears. Um, yeah, it was a rainy mud fest. I don't yeah, really chalk that up to anything. And then they be- they had their bye, and then they beat Seattle in uh, another Colt McCoy ruining Seattle fans' day experience. And mm-hmm. then they had that loss against Carolina with Cam Newton. Yeah, no, like it doesn't it doesn't make sense. They play they play down to their competition. Mm-hmm. Like, they play down hard to their competition. And I think if it wasn't for Matt Nagy, the Bears definitely could have won that game. Yeah. So Because the NFC North really just loves feasting on the Cardinals, apparently. Apparently. Um, so, yeah, Colts got to run the ball really well. And they arguably have the hottest running back in the NFL right now and Jonathan Taylor. That dude oh, easily sensational. Um, you know... If the Colts can keep Kyler off the field, like I, the pro, like not that Kyler has been the hottest guy. Like we've been talking about, like James Connors mm-hmm. arguably been their 
best offensive piece here in the last few weeks, but Kyler has the, I feel like Kyler has like the time, like the switch, like he can turn it on at any time. And I would be a bit afraid of that, especially if, you know, the Kyler to D hop connection just shows up randomly. Um, well, unfortunately Hopkins is out for the season. Oh yeah, that's right. Never mind. Um, <laughs> AJ, AJ green is the other guy I was thinking of too. AJ green, uh, that dude rocks. Um, he has found the fountain of youth. I didn't, I, so I was watching that Monday night game against the Rams a few weeks ago. I didn't yeah. realize how big AJ green actually was he's huge, like, he's a big boy. <laughs> and like, I knew he like knew he was a good receiver, like a really good mm-hmm. receiver, obviously in those years in Cincinnati, but nobody's watching the Bengals, right? Like, no, no watching, one's watching the Bengals. Nobody's watching the Bengals on a kid. Even in the playoff games, they lose in the first round. Nobody's really watching the Bengals, right? And then you watch the Monday night games, like, good Lord, this AJ Green guy is a big guy. Yeah, no, him and Julio were in that same draft class. And it's like uh, the Tennessee Titans, <laughs> they, uh, they got a second round pick for, uh, or the Falcons got a second round pick for Julio, who, has played like three games and then AJ Green signed there in free agency. Yeah, no, it's it's insane what you know two teams can do with a different success. Um and I another question I have is if the Colts can get pressure on Kyler and the receivers. That's um, gonna be the hardest part is containing yeah. Kyler Murray. I don't know if that's going to happen. I, I actually like was looking at Indianapolis this defense, like front seven anyway. It's like, oh, this front seven is actually not bad. Like I like the linebackers, oh. but. I'm, oh I'm, yeah. Leonard I'm, I'm just, is a beast. I was going to say, I'm sure they're going to be playing like more coverage than just loading the box and trying to stop the run. Like I'm sure they're probably going to be. I think Leonard needs to just be a constant QB spy. That's probably not a bad idea, actually. Like you got to have one person just running around following Kyler the whole game or else you're hooped so time has come mr barton <laughs> your pick for this game who are you going with and why uh i'm going money line colts okay and if you can even teaser this up to like a, a minus i'd say like a minus three and a half colts that gets intriguing because that would be pretty a pretty big payout i think if you can parlay that well, this is the Christmas Day Parlay podcast. So if you can find a way to do that, uh, we Ooh. are we are all for it. Um, yeah, I got the Colts money line. I, I got the Colts winning this game. I I just I'm going with the hotter team. I'm going to take the hotter team. Um, the team with less pressure on them. Like I feel like all the pressure, not all the pressure, but a lot of the pressure in this game is on Arizona to win. Um, mm-hmm. That's why I'm going to go with the Colts. Uh, to win this one, the Colts winning this would put them eight and six would put them up probably with Tennessee. Yeah. Um, New England in like the nine and five would be really close. So yeah, I'm going to go with the, uh, the Colts money line in this one as well. Um, I, I found a bet on bet 365 that you can do. Mm, there you go. You can get up to minus nine and a half points for Indy for plus 280, which really doesn't really spark any value to me. But if you go minus three and a half, you're only plus 140. But well, I feel I, like yeah, that's I, a lot better of a line right there. Yeah, I, I would take that if I if I were. 
If I were a bed man, I, I would take those odds. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I, uh, I might need to, I might need to go and buy like a, a little visa here, <laughs> like a prepaid visa <laughs> and just go ham because you can't do it on anything else. You can't cash it in Canada. So, uh, um, all right. So there you go. Um, <laughs> Colts, uh, Brown spread, um, and San Francisco. There you go. There's your NFL picks for the, uh, for the, for the week, uh, for the weekend, or at least the Christmas day games. All right. Little, little NFL talk. Uh, your New Orleans Saints, Hayden, uh, technically on the outside looking in for the playoffs right now. You're probably confident that they're going to make it, but why are you confident that they're going to make it and how do they get in? Uh, you know, it's right where we want to be. Everyone not caring or minding at all about the Saints, you know. Oh, they pulled up a, a 9 nothing victory against Tampa, Tampa Bay. Oh, but Tampa Bay had... No Chris Godwin, no Mike Evans, and no Fournette. Bullshit. All right, they had them, the three of them, for at least uh, the start of the game and going into the second half, okay? Let's not forget that the Saints uh, don't have Michael Thomas. Deontay Harris is on suspension. His last game of suspension is this this week. Uh, We had three starting offensive linemen out. Our damn kicker is I was on season ending IR and our defense uh, we haven't had a healthy defense since week one so everyone's coming back and it's like that uh, it's like that scene in Avengers Endgame you know when uh, Doctor Strange pulls through all the people that's the Saints right now we're getting healthy or at least as healthy as we can and who the Saints have to verse Miami. Yeah, they're on a six-game winning streak, but their best team that they beat was Baltimore. And who knows about Baltimore right now? They seem kind of sus. So you chalk that one away, and then you got two wins against the Jets. You got a win against the Jags, the Texans, and the Giants. Okay? The Dome is going to be lit, and then they have back-to-back games uh, against NFC South rivals, the Panthers, and then to end the season, fuck the Falcons. Those games are going to be huge. Cam Newton, fade the shit out of Cam Newton. I've been doing that like all week with, or like the past couple weeks with my uh, picks. So I'm confident that they can get to 10 and seven. And I'm confident that that at least secures the seventh seed. It's just, who are they going to play? Are they going to be going to Arizona? Are they going right back to Raymond James stadium? Or are they going to go to uh, the Cowboys stadium and, try and fucking win over the Cowboys like when they lost against the Cowboys. So, mic drop. I'm confident. New Orleans Saints plus 8,000 to win the Super Bowl. Bet it now. Uh, also, don't forget, uh, they didn't have to go against Russell Wilson when they went to Seattle on Monday Night Football earlier this year. Um, not that I'm sure that really made much of a difference in the outcome of the game. <laughs> we're being I was about honest. to say, I was about to say, would it have helped? Um... <laughs> I, I currently right now, I think the Saints are probably going to go play Tampa Bay in the first round. I have that as my uh, first round matchup. But, I mean, hey, you know, who's to say? What do I know? The Saints are better than my team. I mean, what I'm hoping for is Arizona can win out and Tampa Bay loses one game. So we versus Arizona because... 
I don't see Arizona as a big enough threat. And I know that Tom Brady has his, has his head on watching the Saints right now. And let's not forget, though, last year we were one Jared Cook fumble away from putting that game away 27-13 to 13 late in the fourth. So it's either that or the defense shuts out Tom Brady. But you know what? I'm here for all of it. Who, who's more, who do you think is more susceptible, Dallas or Arizona, as a playoff team? Arizona. Uh, no. Actually, you know what? No, I'm going to stick with Arizona. I never really was confident with them at the start of the year. I had them definitely going under their win total. And it's been proven that they play down to opponents. Um, all right. That's fair. I think they'd play down to New Orleans if they had the chance. Okay. Um, I had one other thing I, I had planned, but I'm going to scrap that because I think this is better. I think you're going to appreciate this more. So I have, um, I, I have paid real dollars uh, to oh. go watch the Seahawks and the Lions. Uh, oh, my God. You're going on the weekend? On January 2nd. Uh, I, I, meant Jan- I meant the second, yeah. I, I am my plans are to go for that game um just thoughts and am i a lunatic for paying real dollars to go watch the seahawks and lions in person uh no get me a dan campbell signature please uh i just don't know if you want to watch jared goff fucking the seahawks again no he's out he's out (laughs) he is not playing uh jared goff i'm pretty sure uh yeah he tested positive for covid i believe Hey, that's which that's is actually still in the dis- new year. Which, which, but that's actually kind of disappointing because I kind of wanted to see Jared Goff. Well, he's uh, twelve days. Even if he's unvaccinated, he could still play. So yeah, there you go. Uh, I just thought you know I throw that little anecdote in there that um, I'm going to a Seahawks. I, I'm I'm still on schedule to go to a Seahawks Lions game to kick off my 2021. Damn, I mean at least you're seeing the Seahawks play, right? Well, hopefully this time I'll get to see Russ play in person. If, if Russ is not yep. playing in this game, it's never meant to be. I'm never meant to see Russell Wilson <laughs> play in person if he doesn't show up for this game. Yeah, it was actually funny. My uh, my dad, a couple weeks ago, he was talking to me, and he's like, you know, we should we should go and see this, a Seahawks game. And I was like, I was thinking about it. I was like, yeah, you know, it'd be nice to get, like, a little bit of a redemption to go and watch the Seahawks play. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I just – uh, and it was like the the Bears versus Packers, right? And he's like, "Oh fuck, I just don't want to go and watch the the Chicago Bears or something play Seattle, not even knowing that they played them. Like I didn't even know that Chicago played Seattle." And then we were looking at tickets uh, like a couple days after, and I'm like, "Holy shit, one of the games is Chicago at Seattle." And he's like, "Oh fuck that, who's the other team?" And I'm like, "Detroit." And he's like, "All right, next year." <laughs> well it was kind of funny thinking back to like when i was originally getting like the monday night tickets i was like ah i could go to like the jags game or i could go to like the monday night game because like the jags like at the beginning of the year it's like that should be a win urban sucks that dude's an asshole i get to boo him for three hours and the seahawks gets a win that sounds like a win-win but it's like hey monday night football you know against the the environment yeah that that's that's more what it's about but you know now we're, we're getting to end on a high note against the Lions. 
<laughs> a high note yeah <laughs> at least at home anyways i think we have to play arizona last week of the season um, yeah in arizona yeah hayden that's all i got for you uh thank you very much uh do you have a hot take or something you want to get off your chest here before you head out mm. man a hot take um i was saying for the longest time that it was going to be a green bay baltimore super bowl now i'm not totally confident in that either my prediction for the Super Bowl was Buffalo in the AFC. And then in the NFC, it was going to be Tom Brady and the Bucks, And it was going to be, can Josh Allen finally put the dagger in his older brother, Brady, even though he's not on.